Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. And I think today you're going to really find that today's guest, Becky Burley, the head soccer coach at the University of Florida, is our guest. And she is simply amazing. Uh, she and Brett Ledbetter uh, are co-founders of What Drives Winning. And you go to whatdriveswinning.com and you will find a website with resources that really help coaches in any sport. And I've been following them for years. Many of our faculty are coaching you are speakers at their conferences, guys like Gino Oriema, uh, you know, Brad Stevens, Billy Donovan, people like that. Sherry Cole uh, have all spoken there and are, you know, really uh, devoted followers of them. And But what I think you'll find and what I'm intrigued by as we always talk about coaching, parenting, leading people, it's all about being able to connect to people, as Dr. Tim Malmore says. And I think you'll find out why they think the X's and O's are important in coaching, but the person is the most important thing. So sit back, enjoy, unless you're on a walker or working out, and enjoy Becky Burley. Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access... To these plays and more information, 
visit fastmodelsports.com or follow them on Twitter at fastmodel. I wanted to announce a new partnership between Coaching You and Inner Zone Sports. You know, for a long time, one of the intangibles by coaches and athletes is team chemistry. And it's a major factor all the time in whether a team has success or failure. When the folks from InnerZone came to me at Coaching You and said, we can even help your team, I was all ears. And what we did is we took a quick assessment, two to four minutes each person, and we were stunned by what we found out about ourselves and our team. You owe it to yourself to find out what InnerZone can do for your team. It's the simplest and fastest and most accurate software available to measure team chemistry. I highly recommend, without any reservation, the use of InnerZone with your team, whether you're a middle school, high school, college, or professional team, to help take you to the next level. For further information, go to coachingyoulive.com slash innerzone. That's I-N-N-E-R-Z-O-N-E. Hey, this is the coach, Brendan Sir, with another edition of our podcast with Coaching You. And today, fabulous guest, Becky Burley, the head coach of the University of Florida Women's Soccer and also co-founder of What Drives Winning Conference. So, Becky, welcome to Coaching You. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Becky, you know, I've been following what you and Brett Ledbetter have been doing for years and... uh I just think it is one of the best things I've ever seen for coaches. And how did the idea start of what you guys are doing to help coaches? Well, it really started with um, I met Brett through one of your previous podcast guests, Mark Dagnalt. And when I was introduced to what Brett was doing in his basketball academy at the time, I was really intrigued. And then I brought him down to work with our team here at Florida. So how, no, so, okay, so he, like me, and Mark Dagnall, they're basketball coaches. So what, what, how would that ever help soccer? (laughs) Well, that's kind of interesting because what I actually went to Brett for and what I actually got from Brett were two different things. So what I went to see Brett for was a, a footwork system that was pretty sophisticated for basketball. And I thought there must be some carryover from the basketball side to the soccer side. What I actually saw when I got to his academy was what he did in what he called the film room at the time, which was this um, sort of character lessons and advice from top basketball players and people that those kids in that academy would want to hear from um, in terms of their future and how it could help them. And that that approach really, really intrigued me. And we actually stopped talking about the footwork until um, <laughs> that afternoon and we started talking about the, the film room instead. Now, a lot of, we have 100,000 plus listeners in 50 plus 75 countries a week listening. A lot of my loyal, loyal listeners are saying, Brenda, what the hell are you doing with a soccer coach on here? (laughs) All right. And I'm saying, this is going to be one of the best sessions we've ever had. I'm putting pressure on you, which I know you enjoy. I know, I see that. You love pressure. And and so I I say, uh, coaching is coaching, Correct. I do believe that. I mean, there's the human side of coaching that we're all doing pretty much the same thing. You know, we're coaching people and our sport becomes the vehicle, but eventually we're coaching people. 
So let's get to that. I've, I've always said I've been in coaching 45 plus years and I've always said I've never coached basketball. I coach people. And a lot of people, a lot of my players would agree that I've never coached basketball. But, you know, so, you know, when you and Brett talk, you often talk about the person, uh, the human. Uh, why? Well, I think sometimes, um, especially at our level, a lot of players get their identity really tied up in what they're doing, their sport. And so what we try to do with What Drives Winning is talk a little bit about separating the person from the player um, and trying to look at it a little bit more holistically on both ends. So now you guys have, which I totally believe in, the biggest thing then or one of the biggest things, obviously, talent that we know is the price of admission for any athletic event, but is character, correct? That's correct. So talk about character and all that goes into it. You know, we used to just say, oh, the kid's got good character. What does that mean? Oh, he's a good kid. No, that's that's not character. What is character for you in yours and Brett definition? Well, character is who you are. And that's why we try to separate it from the sport, which is what you do. And, you know, for us, I think it's something that um, is not really embraced at the, the youth sports level. Like a lot of your development is put on the X's and O's and, and what you're doing on the court or on the field. Um, and so when you look at the problems that exist on a team, it's very rare that it's necessarily an execution issue or an X's and O's issue. The The teams that don't really succeed at the highest level that they're capable of, it usually comes down to a human level, a human issue. And I think those are some of the things we can deal with when it comes to character. How do you go about that? Well, first it's just identifying what's going to get in the way. And, you know, that's what we ask our team, you know, what is it that will get in the way of our ability to maximize our team's ability this year? And it's crazy. You know, if we ask every player on our team to list the top three things and there's 25 players on our team, you're going to get 75 answers. And I would tell you that probably 70 of them are going to deal with human related issues. And then we kind of populate the things that we are going to have to attack as we go through the season. So when we talk about human related issues, most coaches will say, who would we say selfishness is one of the things that oh, gets yeah, in the way? that's definitely one that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be. Um, you know, obviously we have players, especially at the collegiate and professional level, where uh, off the field or court pressure uh, decisions get in the way. Um, what are some other things? Well, I think for my team, like when I've asked them, it's, um, you know, drama, just general drama. <laughs> I think there's things like, lack of commitment, lack of focus, um, distractions that happen, you know, when you're in a collegiate environment, there's an awful lot of distractions. I mean, there's so many different things that kind of come up on that list, but I feel like it is kind of unique to each team. And that's why it's a great question to ask. You know, and I, and I, and I, and I see it all the time. And I, I think that we always talk about, you know, these, uh, things that get in the way. I was on the phone this morning with one of the SEC basketball coaches that I work with, and and he called and talked about a senior that he has and, you know, and some of the problems that are getting in his way of how his performance is going down every year, which is very unusual in college, you know. Uh, 
you know, and what do I do about it with five games left? <laughs> you know, and that's a tough thing for a coach. But you, you guys have what I think is absolutely brilliant, a character checklist for performance. And I've never thought of it, and moral checklist. If you could talk about those, because I think that is so unique and really gets to the, the heart of the, not the problem, but the, what to go on there. Yeah, I think for us, it's like there's um, there's moral character, which also can be kind of described as relational character. So uh, the way that you interact with other people, mm -hmm. um, things that you do, like, for example, like communication, um, that's something you do with someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's, that's, the, that's what gets tricky with teams because, you know, unless you're in an individual sport, you don't operate in a vacuum. And I think that a lot of times coaches fail to recognize the – the team dynamic as a big part of the success or potential lack of success. Okay. On our uh, character checklist, there's performance uh, characters and there's moral characters. And I never, I never thought of it in this way, you know, performance things being like hardworking, you know, competitive, positive focus, etc. cetera. Uh, and then the moral ones being, as you said, you know, involving other people, like being unselfish, honest, respectful, appreciative, humble, patient, etc. How do how do you make them aware of you know what they are or aren't, or how do we develop those? Well, I think again, like if if we populate that list by asking the question of our team, um, what's going to get in the way, we can sort of figure out how we can pick and pair those skills. So, for example, if um, if for example, honesty is an issue, um, we can start talking about what does honesty look like. We can give the team a really simple, clear definition of honesty, like ours is to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. um, if it's if it's something like um, being humble, distributing credit, really simple definitions. Most of our definitions we try to keep to you know five words or less, really simple, like fifth grade reading level, that kind of thing, so that everyone can understand them, but also so that they can be accessible in any situation. So a really great example of that is, you know, let's say, for example, that I want someone to be, um, let's say, positive, okay? And so if they're thinking that positive means, you know, be happy, um, be upbeat, and someone's, you know, missed five of their last six shots, we don't necessarily want them to be happy and upbeat because <laughs> there might be a little conflict of interest with their teammates if that was the case. But if we use the definition of positive being good and useful thinking, then maybe they can adjust their decision-making in the shot. Maybe they can make a decision about, you know, hitting a layup instead of a three-pointer, a, a higher percentage shot, those kind of things. So there, there are definitions that can be like accessible in any situation but at the same time, really simple and easy to remember. You and Brett talk an awful lot about, and I think it's huge uh, for coaches, and coaches always say, how do I get buy-in? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what do you, what do you guys say? And I think the buy-in for me is like, I've never really met a player at this level or even even lower levels that's not bought into their own improvement. 
And I think if you can show them how improving their moral skills can help them be a better teammate, improving their performance skills can help them be a better player. Like who doesn't want to buy into being a better player and a better teammate? And we think that if you're a better player and a better teammate, ultimately your team is going to have better results as a whole. That's, that's excellent. I'm going to give you a loaded question. How, impo- <laughs> how important is coaching to get buy-in? I think coaching is pretty important because, mm-hmm. you know, a big one for me is um, if you as a coach aren't willing to model the skills that you're demanding from your team, then I don't know how you can be successful because the modeling process is really paying attention to what you're saying is important and making sure that you're doing that. And if you can't do that, then why would it be important to the people that you're coaching? And I think it's it's somewhat overlooked. So, you know, we talk about wanting our players to have composure or poise in difficult (laughs) moments, you know, and then sometimes we as coaches don't offer that as well. Um, That's that's pretty tough. I think it's we've got to make sure that we're willing to walk the walk. You know, I think one of the uh, I've found at the professional level uh, that players and I don't care what their SAT or ACT scores were. They're all smart in their sport, or at least street smart. And they know if you know what the hell you're doing. And they can judge credibility, competency very quickly. And if they don't think you know what the heck you're doing, and if they don't think you can help them, I find that you're going to have a very tough time getting buy-in. Because I equate buy-in to believe in. So if they don't believe in you, the coach, or whoever's teaching them, I think you have a difficult time getting buy-in. Thoughts? Completely agree with you. I think um, the relationship between the coach and the player, it kind of comes down to trust. Well, mm-hmm. like one of the biggest factors in trust is competency. Yeah. Um, I also like to think there's two other things in that too. I think caring. So yeah. I have to be competent, but I also have to care about your success and not just using you as a pawn in my own success. Um, and then I think consistency plays a role too. Like, am I consistently what you need me to be in order to facilitate your development? No, that that is absolutely huge. Um, when you guys started your conference years ago, um, how did you ever arrive at the format that you and Brett used uh, because, you know, we all go to coaching clinics. You do it in soccer. I, I have them in basketball. And sometimes we have the coach, the expert, subject matter expert, teaching the group uh, a skill, a thought, you know, uh, a way to style of play, etc. cetera. Uh, and the audience learns, uh, kind of like school. And, and now all of a sudden, I see some unbelievably talented coaches on a stage sitting in real comfortable chairs with having a discussion with people and the questions are absolutely incredible by this very unassuming guy (laughs) you know well i will tell you first of all that i think brett is one of the best question askers i've ever met in my life i agree (laughs) i agree and i think there is a skill to that uh that's unique to him um But I also do feel like the approach of what drives winning is much different than a lot of places because we are just about asking questions and allowing, you know, the leaders in their field to providing their answers 
but their answers might not necessarily apply to every coach, but we're just offering you what these leaders in their field are doing. And now it's up to you to decide what you can apply to your own environment and what you can't. But there's not a definitive like right conviction yeah. of this is how to do it. It's more like, okay, let's ask some questions. Here's what people are doing. It's your choice how you apply it. Um, and I think that gives um, a level of vulnerability to the speakers too, because they're not necessarily coming off with all the answers. They're coming off with what they are doing. Does that apply to you? That's up to you to decide. How do you guys just fall upon the format though? It intrigues the heck out of me. About, you know. I, I would have to give credit to Brett for that. Uh -huh. I think he's always been a big question asker. Um, even when he ran his basketball academy, um, he would teach through questions. And I think and I think that that works just as well with a mature audience. I think that um, the coaches want to hear what different people do, um, but not in a this is what you should do kind of way. It's more of a discovery process and a curiosity of how someone else does it. Yeah, I think I think it's absolutely an, a unique format uh, and not really done much that I've seen at all in the coaching space. But I love it because of its uniqueness. And also, I mean, so many of these guys that you've had uh, are faculty members of Coaching You. So we know them from Gino, Brad Stevens, Billy, Donovan, et cetera, that, you know, and boy, uh, he pulls great things out of them, which they all have. And they do it in such a relaxed way that I think it's really, really Big time learning takes place. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I, I will tell you that I think um, you have to have someone with some humility in Brett to be able to teach in that style. Yeah. Um, because he's not he's not offering the fact that he has all the answers either. And I think um, it is a unique style, but I do feel like it's a very effective way to um, disarm the speakers as well as allow the audience to be a little bit more vulnerable to. Um, seeing how the material fits them. Another point of interest to me is the name. You know what drives winning. It, it, you know, it, you know. So we're determining that winning is so important, but yet we really don't talk about winning as much as we do about talking about developing people. Uh, the process. It all is how you get to it, right? I think that's true, but I think we all know that you know, particularly the higher levels you go to that winning is important and we can't disregard that because <laughs> that's why i'm doing coaching you full-time now <laughs> <laughs> that's right if we disregard that it's at, at our own peril probably uh, but i think that we know that that's the what we have to shoot for but we know there's different ways in getting there and oh, i think that the the title what drives winning is interesting because is it a question is it a statement um, it sort of has an ambiguity to it that allows us to package a lot of things underneath it. You know, you guys have so many interesting, the thing that intrigues me about it and, and why I'm so thrilled to talk with you today, Becky, is that, you know, it, it seems like it doesn't matter if it's yourself, Anson Durant, the phenomenal woman soccer coach at Carolina, uh, Sue Enquist, the great softball coach, or Timmy Walton, the terrific softball coach at Florida, but Sue at UCLA, uh, it, or, or Manny Diaz, the tennis coach at Georgia, uh, or my girl Sherry Cole, a woman's coach at Oklahoma. 
each person has such a great perspective, but it applies to me. Selfishly, I said, oh, I, I can use what Manny Diaz is telling me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the beauty of this is that, it, you know, or, or Bob Stoops, uh, or, or I know uh, one of Brett's favorites is our, our, our wonderful guy at Oklahoma State, just Mike Gundy, you know. I mean, just, you know, great personalities, but, you know, they have something in their unique style of leading, uh, I think, is really impactful. No doubt. I mean, I think that's been my biggest benefit of being involved with What Drives Winning is just, you know, the insights I've taken from all of these great minds. I mean, and being able to not only see them in the setting that we interview them, but being able to interact with them, you know, outside of that setting has been an incredible part of my development as a coach. And, you know, certainly we don't share commonalities in our sport, you know, Football is way different than soccer or mm-hmm. gymnastics or tennis. Um, but in the end, uh, like we talked out at the very beginning, uh, we're all coaching human beings. And um, the human beings are driving everything that we do. And how do we get the most out of those human beings? I would say in the coaching profession, college pro, the two biggest buzzwords in the last several years to me have been culture and process. Talk if you would. I had a feeling you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Talk if you would about culture and how important is it for a coach to develop culture in a program? Let's say, you know, when you took over, you started a women's soccer program at Florida back in the late nineties. And within three years, you won a national championship. So obviously, you know, there was a, you know, you established a culture and stuff like that. How does one go about establishing a culture? Or nowadays, guy, guys and gals, uh, unfortunately, we're at the end of basketball season, and now we're going to, unfortunately, in about, you know, three weeks to a month, coaches are going to get fired on both sides now. Because, you know, as I said, the best thing about Title IX is we allow coaches, uh, kids to participate. The worst thing now is we've given them a, everyone a budget. Now everyone's vulnerable, you know, on, on the coaching side. And mm-hmm. so, you know, now we're going to have jobs open. Teams are not going to perform. You get a job as a coach. And the first thing you're going to say at your press conference is we're going to establish a winning culture. How do you do that? Ooh, culture is such a, a big word. You know, it's it's really um, a lot to do with not just like the character of the people you bring in, but certainly, you know, finding the right fit of the people you bring in is a big part of it. But also about the things you allow um, within your team, the things that happen within your team, you know, like culture is the day to day. And I think that's what makes coaching so challenging because, it's always trying to maintain a standard of behavior. It's always trying to maintain and push the level of performance. Um, it's always trying to find the right fit of the people who are going to fit into what you're doing and not just be blinded by talent alone. Those things are, you know, it's just, it's, it's all about so many of those things. And then as the coach, you know, just taking the coach sort of, separate from that program like do i have my priorities aligned in the right way to be able to provide the best opportunities i can for my players but at the same time 
make sure that I am modeling something bigger for them too. Uh, you know, am I going to be a win at all cost, which is modeling also. Um, so it's, there's just so many factors I feel like mm -hmm. to that word culture that make it what coaching is. It's just a, it's coaching is a very comprehensive job. And, you know, if the general person thinks that coaching is like laying out some X's and O's and, you know, getting your team to perform those X's and O's, like, there's just so many layers to it that go well, way beyond that, that make coaching really fascinating, but really hard. <laughs> really is. And, uh, and along with culture, especially if we have it, assuming we have a team sport, not an individual sport like gymnastics or tennis, swimming, et cetera, or golf, um, we have this team sport along with that. How do you then you have culture and then we say, okay, we're now going to, how do we develop a team? Uh, you know, not the individual, the team. How, how does one go about that? Well, I think one of the things that um, Brett and I have tried to do with What Drives Winning is to look at, you know, different pillars within the entire team process. So, for example, we talk about character development, but if you don't have you know, standards of behavior within your program, then character development doesn't really work. Um, if you don't bring in the right people, character development probably doesn't work. So like all these pillars are related. If my priorities aren't aligned as a coach, none of this works. And so I think the integration of all those different pillars is what makes culture and team what it is. And I think you're right. Like you mentioned at the beginning of this section of the conversation about process. Well, process to me is, is still driven by your people. Mm -hmm. So I can put together the best process. I can have the most amazing tactics. But if my team doesn't have the discipline to follow the game plan, that is not a problem with the process. I have a tremendous game plan, but I have a character problem with lack of discipline. And so how do I address that? And I feel like the one thing as coaches that we do is there's so many times that we try to solve problems on our team through process or through tactics that are really human issues. But we haven't really been taught as coaches how to deal with human issues. So we stick to the things we know, which is the X's and O and the tactics, but we're attacking the wrong problem sometimes. That in itself is freaking worth the price of admission because I think, <laughs> I think that the biggest problem we have, and I've said this now for several years, is that, you know, everyone thinks coaching, I'm going to use basketball, is X's and O's, and uh, the weakest areas of coaches in that sport, men and women, professional, collegiate, uh, is the mental skills side and the sports science side because very few of us have been trained to really understand how to train people. I mean, physiologically, et cetera. And that's why if you have a great strength and conditioning person that, to really help you and do it the right way, uh, as opposed to punishing the player to get them in shape, et cetera. Or when they make a mistake, they, when you teach and they make a mistake, they're going to run. Uh, you know, that's kind of like when we were in school and we got a math problem wrong, we had to write it on the board or do the math problem a hundred times that was going to make us smarter, you know, and stuff like that. I guess that's my Catholic school education coming out. <laughs> you know. But I think, Well, you know, it's, yeah. what's really interesting about what you're saying to me is that, um, you know, as coaches, like, think about it. How many people 
when they got into coaching, did anything related to coaching in terms of preparation? You know, my, my degree, I was a biology major and a chemistry yeah. minor. I didn't know anything about That's coaching. Crazy. You know, I didn't have, um, you know, any formal preparation. I became a head coach at 21, which is, uh, you know, a ridiculous proposition in today's world. Um, I became the head coach at Florida at 26 and I had no formal training for coaching. Now in soccer, we do at least have one step that a lot of sports don't. We have coaching schools that we go to, but those mm -hmm. coaching schools are, I would say 90% X's and O's. Right. Um, and yet, you know, like it's just blows my mind sort of that, you know, you don't become a dentist by just saying, Hey, I want to be a dentist. And then somebody throws you into someone's office and you start working in someone's mouth, <laughs> you know, like, but in coaching, that's exactly what happens. We played our sport. We become a coach, maybe at a different level. Like we have an assistant coach, um, internship where we sort of move up the ladder, right. but you really have no formal preparation to do something that involves a lot of people's lives. It's crazy. It's crazy. And in Europe, mainly in soccer, basketball, I'm sure, uh, football over there, of course, is that, you know, there's certification at least. And uh, we right. don't have any certification in the U.S. basketball. Anyone can be a, a coach in basketball, no certification required, which is absolutely insane. You know, we wouldn't do it in law, medicine or any other, you know, thing, you know. And so I, I, I think it, it fascinates me, and that's and that's my big thing of how. And I, I've seen so many kids over the years, and I'm sure you and Brett the same way, where coaches will come to you and they'll have tremendous problems with certain players, and it has it's all because, frankly, they're ill-equipped to how to even communicate to the young girl or boy. Because they just they they have not been trained there with that is the whole part of coaching I think is being able to reach you know you know I I tell uh, coaches all the time you know and and I have great love for the University of Florida and uh, you know but it you know there's professors on that campus that have a PhD that it doesn't matter if kids get an F or D in their class or C but if one of your players performs poorly. They will, those same professors will say, well, Becky's not a good coach. Look at the, she, that girl doesn't even know the plays or she's at. And they're very critical. If all of our players in any sport have to get an A in our class when they yeah, play. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. It's a different way of looking at I hadn't at really it. thought about it that way. Yeah. And, and so we're judged that everyone better be an A student in our class. But when they do in the other people, the professor does. We have to take all those kids from different lifestyles and different things, and we got to meld them into an A team, depending on every aspect. You know, in the pros, you know, we have kids that have gone to college for one year. We have them that have been in the league for twelve years, and, and some have are very smart. Some are not very smart. But you know what? They all got to know what you're doing. And it's the same thing in whether you're playing MLS soccer or, you know, or playing on the women's national team. I think it's the same thing is that they judge the how well you coach by how well your players perform. It's, it's a unique thing that we're involved in. It, it's very unique. And I think um, oftentimes, at least in the collegiate level, that's where a lot of the stress comes from for the coaches because we are responsible for – 17 to 22 year olds mm -hmm. performance 
in an environment with a lot of distractions. And we are not only responsible for their performance on the field, but we become responsible for their behavior off the field. And um, that's a lot. That's a lot to be responsible for. And I think that's something that um, is difficult to understand the scope of until you've been in it. Um, Last thing I want to ask you is um, when I was coaching the Orlando Magic uh, in the late 90s with the great Chuck Daly, I had the incredible pleasure of being able to work and study, work out and study with the great Jim Lair. Okay. Uh, And I know I mentioned him to Brett the other day. For those that have never heard Jim Lair speak or have never read his incredible books, L-O-E-H-R, uh, talk about Jim Lair and what he's done for you guys. Well, Jim Lair to me is, you know, he's like kind of the original sports psychologist. And mm-hmm. he's the person who really got there sooner than anyone else. And his his emphasis on how character impacts performance, I think, was really the the jumping off point for Brett and I with what drives winning and his guidance has been really critical to the development of what drives winning for sure. Um, and I think with Jim, what, what I really respect about him is he's, he's worked with such high performers, whether it's in the business world, the athletic world. Um, he, he gives them perspective and he allows them to perform at their highest level, but he still understands the, pressure or the problems that the average youth coach deals with. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really respect Jim for, for how he has impacted the sports world. And I think carried over into the corporate world as well. Um, And I really respect him for the influence he's had on what we've done. Hey, last one I want to ask you about is um, absolutely fascinated by what you and Brett did this year talk if you would or share with us about uh i guess more importantly i guess we call it your online program that you have for mm-hmm. both teams and, and athletes yeah so we've, either, we've had a great group i mean it's been really kind of like um a group of people who were sort of searching for some of the training that we've just talked about, like mm-hmm. how can i learn to get better at dealing with the humans and i will say something that being in a room together with people in other sports, it really opens your eyes to things that you might not think about when you're in just your own sport. I feel like when you're in your own sport, there's always these, you know, walls of defensiveness or lack of vulnerability because you don't want to give away any trade secrets and all that kind of stuff. When you're in a room of multiple sports, it's amazing the commonalities that come out um, but it also is always amazing to me is the vulnerability that comes out when people are willing to speak freely about the things that are difficult for them. And our coaching lab has really provided that. It's a it's a once a month platform. We do a, a video call on Zoom. Um, we present case studies to the coaches, but then we break out into small groups and have small discussions as well as big group discussions about the case studies and. I love it. I mean, it's one of the, my favorite things we do. I think, you know, I, I've, I've really think Brett's books, both uh, what's really important and what drives winning have been super impactful. Mm-hmm. But for me, the community of the coaching lab has been something that I've really enjoyed. I think it's, uh, it's some of the best work I've ever seen. And I know uh, not that I'm anything special, but 
boy, it's really helped define what I'm trying to do and help coaches. So I thank you and Brett for what you've done. And I really thank Becky uh, coming on and sharing with coaches because uh, what you and Brett are doing is some of the best things I've ever seen in coaching. And I really encourage you. If they want to learn more about what you guys do, could you give them your website? Yep. Just go to whatdriveswinning.com. It's pretty easy. And um, there's a ton of resources there that are all free too. some great videos from some iconic people um, that I think would interest anybody who's coaching. It's fabulous stuff. And I encourage everyone to go on and do it. And so Becky, thank you so much. This has been fabulous. And uh, I really appreciate you doing this. It was my pleasure. Becky, that was incredible. And I think, uh, you know, as I said in the beginning, she is spectacular uh, I really encourage you, uh, go to their website. There's fabulous videos, five to nine minutes of really terrific people they can learn from. They're all free and stuff. Take advantage of it. The books that Brett has written have really been helpful to me and my learning and teaching. Uh, so go to it. Until next week, this is The Coach, Brendan Sir. 